You're listening to episode 11 of the Super Dad Show, and today I'm talking to you about the 123 Magic and Emotion Parenting Program. It is being held at the local community center. It's the fourth parenting program I've been through, and my aim is to share with you my biggest insights today and uh, to continue this over the coming weeks. I hope you enjoy the show. Super Dad Show. I'm your host, Jared Lestrange. Being a Super Dad is not about being perfect. It's about having a growth mindset and striving to become the very best version of ourselves. Each week, we interview our superhero guests about how they deal with the everyday pressures of being a parent, partner, and provider. We discover new ways to develop our real-life skills. We learn new strategies to help us to make massive growth. Subscribe now, listen in, and become an active part of our worldwide community of Super Dads. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. None of us want to parent badly. We all want to improve situations in our own home that keep occurring. We want to be a better dad, but how do we do this? How do we do this when... The way we are parenting our own kids is so often affected by how we were parented ourselves, and we don't even realize that at times. More importantly, you may have actually found that the way you were parented has made you draw a line in the sand and say, I'm never going to be like that as a dad, and you have actually decided how you want to be as a parent. So... There's those two things, you know, and they make us the dad that we are towards our kids today. And what I want to talk to you about today is some of the insights that have come from a brand new parenting course that I started today called 123 Magic. And when it comes to being a better dad, I truly believe that it is all about having more knowledge so that we can do that deep reflection and then put into practice what we learn about ourselves and about parenting in general. And so this is actually the fourth parenting course that I've been along to as a super dad with a growth mindset, which is what it's all about, not being perfect, but having a growth mindset. I truly believe that we need to keep learning. There is no manual for being a parent, but there are so many courses out there with some fantastic insights and, uh, and approaches that we can use to help us to manage better as a dad. So today what I want to do is go through these pages. I'm going to pick and choose. I'm going to fumble away my one the fumble my way through and uh, and we're going to see how we go. So the very first thing is we need to model for our children how to resist temptation. Now I wrote this down because we were talking about the marshmallow experience. And if you go and YouTube the marshmallow study you will see that it was performed by, it has been performed by many psychologists worldwide, and it's where they put a whole bunch of kids in the room, they give them one marshmallow in front of them, and they say, I'll be back in a few minutes. If you don't eat that marshmallow, when I come back, I'll give you another one. So it's very much about them learning to self-regulate and, um, and resist temptation. And I want you to reflect on your own life and how you are teaching your kids 
around chocolate, around alcohol, around food, around um, drugs, around losing your temper. You know, there's so many things that we are tempted by in our life. How are you at teaching your kids to resist temptation? Are you very open and honest with them about, oh, you know, I'd really love this chocolate right now, or I'd really love to go through the McDonald's drive through but you know that I'm, I have this goal to get ready for Tough Mudder or whatever it is, and be very open and honest with your kids about what your goal is, which is causing you to resist that temptation. I think that's probably very important for us all to take on and reflect on. The other thing is um, I've written down here about researching into optimism because optimism is something that we can teach to our kids. And I know I'm a very optimistic person to the point of being very annoying for a lot of people, but I find that I really try to encourage that optimism in my kids. And I think it's such an incredibly important um, uh, personality trait to, to make sure that we are harnessing in the, um, in the mind of our children. Now, did you know that we have the front and the back part of our brain, which basically, if you can imagine, it's like a seesaw in between of thoughts and emotions. And what happens is the back of the brain is our mental accelerator. It's our reactive and emotional Let's call it the old brain. All of those old past thoughts, reactions, and experiences that shape how we uh, how we feel about a situation which is occurring in front of us now. Okay, and then we've got the new brain, the front brain. This is the mental breaks. This is the reasonable brain. The the change of thoughts that we give ourselves. The um, the acting instead of reacting, the creation of new experiences by changing how we deal with a situation that occurs in front of us. So I want to talk to you about a football analogy of, you know, the ref gets the ruling wrong, okay? You may have gone for the try line and uh, and he believes that you have knocked on the ball as you go to put it down. And this would have meant the win for your team. So you are so angry at that ref. How could they get that wrong? How could they not see that you grounded the ball properly? And so you've got the back of your brain reacting and going, I'd love to throttle that ref. He's just caused us the game. And then you've got the front brain saying, but if I do that, I'll be out for the rest of the season. And then it's like, yeah, but I'm so angry right now. And then it goes, toggles is the word, back to the front brain, to the, to the new brain that says, yes, but that's not me anymore. I can deal with this. You know, what's the right thing for the team right now? If I get kicked out, we're probably going to lose the next one too because I'm their best player, <laughs> you know? So, um, so we've got to understand that that's happening for our kids as well. And um, a really interesting thing that came up in this parenting course is that, you know, when the kids roll their eyes at us or they go, fine, you know, when we ask them to do something, it's them toggling backwards and forwards between, you know, if I, if I do this, I'm not going to be able to watch my show now, but if I don't do it, dad's going to turn the TV off and, 
And, uh, you know, like it's that backwards and forwards that they're having in their head. You know what I'm talking about because we have it ourselves. We all toggle between our old brain and our new brain or sorry, the, the, uh, yeah, well it is old brain, new brain, past thoughts, reactions and experiences, old brain, new brain, a change of thoughts, um, you know, acting and creating new experiences. So, um, I think it's very interesting to, to reflect on how that toggling is something that we can actually teach our kids by giving them choices and, um, and basically allowing them to have that time where we're quiet and we allow them to reflect on what it is that is the consequence of them not following through with the behavior which we require of them, you know, allow them to, to go over that in their own head, make their mind up, um, you know, instead of continuing to, um, to bombard them with, uh, you know, with anger or, or with uh, frustration or yelling for them to just get up and do it and stop thinking about it, just get up and do it. I know I find myself doing that when I get more and more frustrated sometimes. So once again, this is all about learning and reflection and then practicing that different action of, of uh, you know, having those strategies in place and picking myself up before I react the same way I have before. Um, okay, what else have we got here which I thought was really, really cool? Um, our children's behaviors can be managed by outside-in means, which includes rewards and non-violent penalties, okay? So no hitting, but penalties or consequences, okay? Um, another important element of parenting is to encourage emotional competency in children. That is, we need to teach them how to observe their feelings, how to grapple with their emotions, and how to make good choices. This is called inside-out parenting. So children's minds are growing like their bodies are growing. Therefore, we can't always assume that they can understand the world in the same way we do. And uh, a lot of that comes down to young children are far better at understanding what they want than they sometimes are at communicating it. Okay. So, um, to develop emotional intelligence, children need to identify their emotion then track the emotion in order to manage the emotion. So how do we do that and help them to do that as parents? Well, what we need to do is we need to say to them something like, I can see you're very angry right now. It must feel very frustrating to not have your way. However, what you can do to manage this emotion is this, okay? Um, yeah, as I said, I'm just coming up with things off the bat here, going through my notes. So, um, I have here that over time, the toggling that we talked about, which is still in here about, you know, identifying the emotion and tracking it and managing it, um, children will get better, better at it with practice and they will be able to limit their reaction to frustrating events and develop the important connections in their brain. Children who don't get practice don't develop these connections. So 
Just like anything, learning any skill is a matter of practice. Believe it or not, you can learn a skill like impulse control by doing it. We now know from brain science that the brain changes and grows new connections in response to new stimuli. We can help particular parts of children's brains to grow by giving children opportunities to weigh up decisions and practice at pulling back from poor decisions. As well, we can help them learn to tolerate discomfort so they don't behave as reactively. So outside in methods are to shape the behavior we want more of or less of through rewards and sanctions. And inside-out methods are to help children learn to self-regulate by helping them identify, track, and manage their emotions. So we need to find a balance between outside-in and inside-out approaches. Now, another thing, there are three choices which give us flexibility in how we respond when our children misbehave. The first one is to ignore it, the second one is to manage it, and the third is to teach self-control. And it's about matching the best response with a particular behavior, okay? So we've got three choices to model to help us decide how to respond. So if your children are beginning to behave inappropriately, you'll have to work out whether you're going to A, Stay calm and ignore the behavior by taking control of yourself and ignoring what they're doing. B, refer your children to the standard you've set and signal them to stop. Or C, help your children to moderate their emotional reaction to what's happening by helping them to be aware of what they are feeling and controlling it. And we've got to remember children are not many adults. We need to try and understand how children think. And that's why I think it's so important to understand the developmental process that children go through. You see, children get better at reasoning as they mature. Children's capacity to respond to reason and impose self-control increases also as they mature. And because their brains become more organized with each passing year, it's going to get easier for us. We've got to realize that their brain function gets better as they age. At birth, there's very few neural pathways. By six years old, there's lots of them, lots and lots and lots of them, but they've got lots of different ways that they can actually respond or react. But by the age of 14, that's when a lot of that clutter has actually gone away. They know how they need to respond to a particular situation in their life. And that just continues to get better and better as they get older. So um, basically the brain prunes itself to get rid of pathways that are unnecessary to keep. So here's a summary of what's what. At 15 to 18 months, toddlers usually understand more than they can say or do. By five years, they are usually very egocentric, and this is a normal developmental stage. At nine years old, children begin to talk in terms of the world being fair or not being fair, and they try to search out fairness in their relationships. At 12 years old, children are better at being able to think in less concrete terms. For example, 
while it may not be fair that I have to do extra chores, I understand that my sister is too sick to do hers. Now, two biggest mistakes parents make is either too much talk or too much emotion. So it's as if we all have a limited number of pipes, too much and the system won't cope. A limited system becomes overloaded when flooded with too much information. So basically we use all of our senses as well as bringing memories, emotions and expectations to a situation. If this input is too great, we can feel overwhelmed and respond by fight, flight or freeze. Children with their more limited capacity for processing input are more easily overwhelmed. And parents can help prevent children from becoming overwhelmed in the first place by simply remaining calm and reducing the amount of unnecessary communication. Now, when overwhelmed, children lose the ability to self-regulate. Emotion sparks more emotion. Strong parent emotion inflames children's emotional reactions. And at some point in the escalation, everyone stops thinking. You see, when children are overwhelmed, parents must control their temperament. Adults have a greater capacity to think while frustrated. Children can't easily regulate their behavior when their emotions are heightened. With our more developed brain, we need to be the ones who stay calm and in control. Only then will we be able to help our children to manage their emotions. A child's brain is like a home under construction. We are building them from the ground up. You know, the slab, the frame, the roof, the bricks, and then we put the furniture in. Now, that's an analogy I can't wait to unpack more, but you can let your brain wherever go wherever it wants to right now with that, but... You know, we've got to realize that our kids' brains are under construction and that we are the ones that are assisting to create those neural pathways, those highways to the right action, the right emotions, the right response to what is occurring in front of them. Um, there are four main benefits to sorting behavior beforehand that will help you get organized. Number one, we don't pay attention to behaviors that are not serious. Number two, we don't ignore behaviors we should respond to. Number three, we respond consistently. And number four, we remain flexible. One of the things as parents we need to be very good at is being very clever and very calm in the face of a situation where normally our child or us would overreact. So we really need to be crystal clear with our expectations and rules in the first place to assist with this. And then obviously stay calm and um, be clever in how we respond to our child reacting in, um, in a way that isn't conducive with, with good behavior. Now in terms of neural pathways, think of a neural pathway as um, two tentacles inside our brain that reach out towards each other and connect. And they become a highway of emotion or response. 
and uh, and thought and feeling. So what happens is if we have that highway used and used and used over the years, the amazing thing is they've actually found that it takes one month of consistent change in behavior for every year that that behavior has occurred. So let me say that again in another way. If your child has been behaving in a certain way for a year, it's going to take a month of changing that behavior to something else before they are able to do that consistently. Because what happens is they are actually creating a different neural pathway to more tentacles that are reaching out towards each other in their brain and connecting. And then the more that gets used, the stronger it will become. You know, the, the highway gets rebitumined over and over and over again until it is the preferred way, the fastest way to get to the, uh, to the response or, or behavior that they know is right. Okay. So guys, that's week one. That is the handbook to what we are at right now. And uh, next week we are talking about creating stable patterns in, um, in our family and breaking the unstable patterns or the patterns that we don't want repeated again and again and again. So um, I'm very excited to share that with you next week. I just wanted to drop in and uh, share some of these notes. So I'll edit this together and, uh, and get it out on Facebook and on the podcast so that you can have a listen. And um, I hope something that I've said today helps you to reflect and, um, yeah, change the way you parent your kids because we're all out to become better as dads and, uh, and parents. And thank you very much for listening to me today.